0: You are listening to a sermon by Tanner Sherlock. Visit com for more info. Salt, guys. If you want to share, as I I sent you a message last night, I would love for all of you to come up and share like two minutes of how God works in your life. Go ahead and everybody come up that wants to share.
1: Okay. um, Yes, salt was completely amazing. Um, For me, one of the aspects that stood out the strongest probably was worship. Um, like Tanner said, it really is no different. I mean, it just it's it's up to the individual person. Uh, there was a breakout session that they had that went over worship as a lifestyle, and it it um, goes over how like when the, the when like the Bible is translated to English, there's all kinds of words that can be put into like different words, and praise is one of them. So we went through Psalms and went through some of the most common words for the Hebrew language that praise is wrapped up in. Um, for me, the most impactful was. The seventh one we went over, which was halal, which was a attitude of like jumping around and, you know, clapping your hands. I don't know if you guys saw, but CC was jumping up in front during the start of worship. But um, when it started, everyone just kind of, they had this little thing like you're jumping rope. Okay. The, okay. Everyone was participating and trying to just get out of the comfort zone. As it progressed, it was something so amazing. You had the mindset that you have when you're, you're really serious and you're you're deep and that whole thing, right? You had that thing going on, but you were like, I mean, we like everyone was, hey, get out. what up, son? How you how you doing? Everyone was jumping and and clapping and just that mix makes no sense for you to have a smile on your face and you're jumping around and and clapping people and people are standing on legs and and just doing all kinds of weird stuff, yet. They're doing it for the glory and honor of the creator of the universe. Something so serious and something to be taken so seriously, yet it was so energetic and lively. For me, at least, that that was probably the closest glimpse I've ever gotten to to maybe, just maybe, what it could be like when we're when we meet him. Like we're we're gonna be so excited. And we're just oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we're just jumping around. There's no pressure. For, at that least, that was the aspect that stood out for me, and I'm pretty sure I want to. I don't know how. Okay, Taylor, your turn.
2: Two minutes is up.
1: Okay, Um. yeah, I just want to kind of go along with the same lines.
2: Um, as, like, Tanner was saying earlier, like, something that I think that we should all just, you know, take a moment to think about every single day is, like, yeah, we have the God of the universe who created us, who saved us, who loved us every day ready to speak with us, like, right at the start of the day, ready to speak with us every moment we have a chance. And uh, I, I know I don't take that, um, you know. I know I take that for granted so many times. Um, and, you know, just with salt in general, there's so many great things to go along with it. Like, the breakout sessions I went to, I went to one on missions, you know. Like, you know, God's really speaking to me in that way. And also, like, really, really good information. Um, I don't know. I just want you guys to keep in mind that... Um, To not put God in the box because God can work in so many different ways. Like He's not just here now when we're worshiping, raising our hands. He He is here with us every day. He's like trying to speak to us all the time, and we just sometimes, you know, don't listen to it. But um, I just want to challenge you guys all to like um, something that was on my heart throughout the whole weekend was just like for some reason ignite, unite, and fight. So I guess give it to Whitney.
3: Um, okay, um, for me, it was, a lot of it was, like, Ruben said, the worship, the, I went to the worship group that he went to, and it was just awesome, just learning about all the different ways that we can worship and praise God, and the atmosphere that we had as, like, the whole group, um, during SALT, um, the worship was just absolutely amazing, and you see people in our group doing things that they never felt comfortable doing, and now we come back here, and we can do that, and so we want to spread that atmosphere, and (coughs) also the, like, the whole group, um, or the the speakers that we had for the last three days were just completely amazing. And one thing I went into Salt that I was really struggling with was, like, just those little things that people would do, and they'd just, like, set me off. And I'm like, why is this bothering me? And one of the lines that they said was, we define others by their actions. We define ourselves by our intentions. And it, like, really hit hard because it's like, yeah, that's... It makes complete sense because if I do it, it doesn't bother me because I know my own intentions, but we don't really think about other people's intentions. We just look at their actions. And like Jessica was brought up yesterday, sometimes the things that we like, get annoyed with in other people is the things that we do ourselves. And so it just really hit hard. And when I came back, I was like really focused on not like judging other people by that and not getting annoyed by those little
4: things. That's good. That's really good too, because she, she's my roommate. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess the whole weekend was just really good. Um, I was really stressed out going into it because I had to miss a lot of crazy classes, and I've really been playing catch-up, but it was definitely worth it. It was a really great experience, and I think the one thing that resonated with me the whole weekend was, um, I think it was like the second night or something like that, one of the speakers talked about, everybody always assumes that Jesus, you know, as the Messiah, you know, the only reason he never sinned was because he was God. Like, he played the God card. So, like, really mad at this person. Oh, God card. Love you so much. And he comes out and he says, what if I told you that Jesus never played the God card kind of video? And it made you think, like, you know, how would he be able to relate to us if he was able to just do that? And it all kind of led up to this idea that we don't live like Jesus because we don't pray like Jesus. And it It really resonated strong with me, too, because I find that when I let myself get really stressed out and really busy um, between all the classwork and all the clubs and between everything that, you know, I'm supposed to be doing for God, that God's laid on my heart, I find myself just feeling off and just feeling tired all the time. And I always wondered why. I'm like, I'm trying to be more patient. I'm trying to be nicer. I'm trying to be more loving. And I'm trying to do all those things without and, you know, I'm trying to imitate Jesus in all these areas without imitating the thing that made Jesus everything that he was. And that was his prayer life. And, you know, that's kind of the whole thing about this whole trip is we didn't get anything there that you guys can't get, you know. Going to Salt didn't, I mean, it didn't really make us closer to God. You know, getting closer to God is a process. It's a discipline. It's a time. But what it did is it gave us that inspiration that we needed to start that, um, you know, we didn't we didn't sit down and you know, when one night, bam, amazing worship service. I'm amazing worship service. I'm 600 feet closer to God. That's that's not how it works. It's oh wow, this makes sense. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to fix. I'm gung ho. Let's do it. So you know, you don't have to wait till next year's salt to get your jump start. But it's a really good opportunity, and I would definitely say go for it. <clears throat>
5: So, um, one of the things that I was really, I really liked about Saul was worship, too. I didn't want to repeat myself, but, <laughs> or repeat other people's stuff, but it was worship, um. Like, I've been kind of struggling w- with worship here and back at home, like, I, like, I wasn't doing the whole raising your hand thing or, like, just, like, focusing on him and, like, really getting into worship, um. So salt was kind of like a reminder that you need to be a little crazy sometimes and raise your hand and you know scream like scream to top of your lungs. Like at salt, I was like really screaming out like the words and I was kind of like losing my voice. But um, yeah, um, like whoever's who who has ever been to like camp Lex? Yeah. So you know like that's how salt was kind of and the worship was kind of like that, but it was like 10 times stronger than that, and you know how strong camp um, Lex was, the worship was, and how crazy that was, but it was, it was 10 times more powerful than that, and that's it.
6: Um, I thought it was a really amazing time. It was definitely life-changing, you know, everything, the guest speakers and stuff talked about, um, definitely had a huge impact and just, you know, made you go, wow, about like everything, and uh, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, like these guys are saying, it was a really good time. Uh, for me, uh, God just really did a lot of affirming uh, with questions and answers I had, and um, especially in like the breakout sessions where you could kind of slow down and think about stuff as they were they were talking to us, pouring into us, so it was really good. Um, but like the worship was it was crazy amazing. Um, I think we probably worshiped for about like four or five hours the, the each day that we were there. I mean, we were, like Tanner said, nobody wanted to stop. We just kept going. I mean, the, you could tell when the worship team would come to the end of the song, but then we'd just start singing and keep it going. It was good. Uh, just overall, it was, it was really fun. Um, the ride down was great. Um, <laughs> you can see by the videos we had a lot of fun. But I wish that I would have saved some of the videos I was taking because I think our car had the most fun. But uh, yeah, we <laughs> we got to do a lot of cool stuff, and uh, it was good uh, meeting some of these guys some more. I'd, I didn't even really know some of them, and been going to Kauaʻi for a whole semester, so. I mean, it kind of showed me that uh, just how we can get used to just showing up and not reaching out. and uh, you, If you don't talk to somebody, it's like if you don't talk to them, they're not there, and you don't have to worry about them. But, I mean, they are, and it's really cool because there's some amazing people that got to go, and I um, never even knew they were here. So uh, I just challenge you guys to reach out to the people in this room. Um, if you can't reach out to each other, us then how are we gonna reach out to those outside the room. So just leave you with that.
7: So the very first night the guy who was talking talked about forgiveness and it hit me hard because everything that he was saying up there, I was like, oh man, I haven't forgiven people that I need to forgive that I had thought I forgot or have forgiven excuse me (laughs) and I just I don't know that was the first time that I ever felt led to just like he called everybody up in front of the room like we do here sometimes and that was the first time that I felt really led just to go up there to get prayer from someone just to help me get over all those issues and forgive the people that I needed to forgive and then me and Cece got to know each other on a different level like we had a heart-to-heart talk I got to know things about Cece I've never known before and I've known her for years And I went to the missions group as well as Jessica. And one of the girls was talking about, she's going on her first missions trip this year sometime, and she was talking about how her father was pushing her into missions, and then she was running away from it hard, and so was another guy. And they ended up coming back to missions, and then her dad was not supportive of her decision to be a missionary anymore. And that's kind of how I was. I was like, oh, I need to be a missionary. I'm called to be this. And then I ran away from it. And then I have st- slowly started to come back, and my family's like, you want to be a missionary? You want to go to Africa? Why do you want to go there? You can do it here. It's safer here. And then a lady said, um, the safest place you can be is in the middle of God's will. So, yeah, that's, that's what I got out of that trip.
8: So there's probably a thousand things that you could say about SALT. Um, they've all talked about, like, a mixture of things, uh, that you could see the trip was, the ride was awesome, from reverse leapfrog with Jed, because we couldn't pass Tanner, even though we all did, um, <laughs> uh, it was just a ton of fun, um, Brooke and Jessica did get to see that Courtney does have a violent side when it comes to pillows, and pushing me off the bed, um, at one in the morning, um. <laughs> the late night talks, and just the, I, I don't know, I get weird at night, and there's just <laughs> voices, and I don't know, things, just personalities come out. I don't know. So you just get to, know, you get to know people, and I just, I really got to know these people, and I've known them for, you know, a while now, and some of these people I've known for over a year, and I really just felt like I really connected with a lot of them. Um, but one of the things that hit me the most is I came back, to Shadron this year and I was like, man, I'm going to be so intentional with my time and I'm going to be a small group leader and I'm going to be like super awesome and it's just going to go great and then I was like, wow, first semester sucks (laughs) and it was awful and life sucks and school is not awesome and it was just awful and so I was not intentional with my time and I played Candy Crush most of the time when I should have done homework and also played on Facebook way too much. And so then when I came back from Christmas, I was like, awesome, I'm going to be super intentional with my time. And all last week, Courtney was like, are you playing Candy Crush again? And I was like, shh. <laughs> 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 and so when we went to Salt, one of the first breakout sessions I went to was be present. And that was the best choice of my life um, that was one of the things he talked about, like, the seven greatest questions you should ask everyone you come into contact with, and he just talked a lot about, like, um, getting to know people and, like, actually being present, like, engaging in people's lives, and, um, like, I deleted Candy Crush and Facebook off my phone, and, yeah, it was a really big step for me, which is stupid. I was like, <laughs> wow, that was really stupid for a 20-year-old, like, that was a big step in my life, I don't know, but... Um, And then I just realized how much I don't know the people that I see every day. And I'm like, man, how am I supposed to talk to these people about Jesus if I can't even, like, relate to them at my lunch table? And so then that same night in service, he was talking about, like, the junk in our lives. And one of the things that came up was time and, like, how we use our time and how our time can turn into junk if we don't use it wisely. And I'm like, man, like, my time is so precious, like, And I'm using it so wastefully. And so I was like saying all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I've had this revelation so many times. And now I'm going to come back to Shadron. And what's going to happen? And so first thing, 8 a.m. this morning, or 7 a.m. this morning, when I was like, man, 8 a.m. class, yay. I was not excited for that. But then when I went, I was like, okay, I'm going to like be intentional all day today and I've had some of the coolest conversations even with professors. Like I sat in my professor's office for like an hour and a half today and know way more about her life than I probably should with any professor. <laughs> but it was so cool. And I sat like just getting to know people and I know way more about like 3 people today than I've ever known and I've known them for almost a full year now. And I found out more about them just today than I've known in over a year. Like, that was almost a sad realization to me today. But it was so cool to see that just that small step could make that much of a difference in my life. So I would just encourage you guys, be intentional. Be purposeful with your time. Like, we're here in college with each other, and we're seeing these same people every day. Be intentional. Speak into their lives. Like, get to know them.
9: Right, This is my first time at Salt, and man, guys, it was just a blast. Tanner had told us, like, the car ride down would be the pre-conference, and he was so right, like, just so many meaningful conversations, and getting to know these girls better, and just all the funny moments. I'm pretty sure the rice wagon went around us one time, and the Revelation song was on the radio, and Danielle was like, worthy is the, as they passed by. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But then just getting there, yeah, like everybody was saying, the worship was so dynamic. I don't think I've ever worshiped like that before, so that was really neat. And then just so many things I've been struggling with, like, this whole year has just been really a restless time for me, just kind of discontent, I don't know if it's my walk with God and, like, prayer or what, but uh, in so many of the sessions, they were just hitting on so many things that I've been struggling with. Like, one morning, I wrote in the, they had, like, pre-session worship, and I wrote in my journal, like, Lord, just let me be satisfied in you, and then I went to morning session, and it was, like, finding satisfaction in God, and I was like, all right. (laughs) Uh, also they were talking about prayer like Jess was saying and I got to pray with Courtney that morning and really going to work on trying to revitalize my prayer life and be really intentional with that and uh, I also want to encourage you guys and especially people who went to SALT but all of you um, it's just it was hard coming back like off of such a high and then to go to class like all day today I was like man I was trying to have a good attitude and be good about it and then I got back to my room and I just kind of broke down and I was like shoot like I don't want to be back here. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it was just like all those old struggles and feelings came back. And I was really frustrated. And I started listening to one of the songs from Salt. And I was just so encouraged and started praying and stuff. And then my dad, I called him for a little bit. And he just said something on the phone that I just, like, thought really applied. It's like, when you're in the darkness, don't forget what you learned in the light. But when you're in the light, don't forget what you learned in the darkness.
10: Well, it was it was a party for sure. Over in Salt, like a lot of people, like we went up. We this is really loud. I talk loud anyway. But um, <laughs> okay, um, I thought it was really cool when we went up because my car. We were people that we don't normally hang out with each other, like. We got out of our comfort zones and rode up with people that we don't normally talk to and stuff, and it was the coolest, like, most inspirational time that, you know, I've ever had, like, getting out and meeting new people on a whole different level was awesome, and the whole conference was great, worship was awesome, the speakers were awesome, and our breakouts were great, too. Um, The one breakout that I went that meant the most to me was our radical discipleship breakout that we did and I thought it was amazing just to think about the fact that most of us just think about God as our savior like oh he's going to save me I'm not going to have to worry about any of this stuff anymore because I'm saved but then we have to remember that Jesus suffered and all of this stuff to save us so to be like Jesus and to go through life like Jesus we have to suffer like Jesus too and to go through all the hardships and like we're not up on a pedestal above everybody else. We have to go out and spread the word to everybody else. And Reuben said something last night about the tree isn't going to branch out if your trunk, trunk isn't What did you say? The word. <laughs> well, yeah, if if your trunk isn't there, you can't branch out. So if you're not living like Jesus and if you're not, you know, suffering and putting all of the like all of the pain of the world and everything, and the, the love of Jesus needs to come together to be able to disciple and branch out for other people. And I thought that was really cool, because I have a hard time getting out with people, you know, meeting new people and stuff like that. It's kind of terrifying to me. But knowing that God is there, and he's going to help you no matter what you, you know, no matter who you're going to go to talk to, I mean, it could be the most extreme atheist that you... No, and he's like go talk to that person and he'll give you the strength to do it and it's just easier to branch out that way and I thought that was great so yeah
11: I am very glad that I have I went like I was about to not go and if it wasn't for Courtney to text me I probably would not have gone and I am really glad I did um the first night we went uh I broke down. It was the speech was about earth uh the word sermon was about forgiveness and um I didn't realize it but as we went on I thought of a couple people that I hadn't forgiven for something and I noticed I get irritated a lot easy or a lot easier sorry bad grammar. Um When we were going through that, um, I realized there was a lot of people I had not forgiven. And I realized how terrible that was. And at that moment, I forgave everyone. And you could just feel it like peace just go through you. So if you have someone that you have not forgiven, peace is, the peace is like awesome. Not kidding. (laughs) Um it was crazy because my mom was one of those people I would get irritated at my mom and it's sad I know that and she called me today and I forgot I told her to call me and she remembered to and when I talked to her it was the easiest conversation I've ever had with my mom it really was and I've never had that before (laughs) um it was it was really good another part was uh, Worship, the worship that these guys went to, I that was amazing. I have never worshipped the way I did when I went to Salt. It was amazing. Like, it opened my eyes that you should not be afraid to worship in front of everyone else. You should praise God and not be afraid at all. It It was amazing to just break out of that comfort zone. It really is. And I'm like, I'm like... I don't even like talking in front of people, and it's just like, who So, sorry. Um, but, no, it was, it was amazing. It really was. If you guys ever get the chance to go, I would suggest it. It was amazing.
12: One, I think everyone has a violent side, so. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 that happened. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the car ride was, was really fun, and just, like, just the conversations just randomly throughout the week was awesome, and with that was the, was the be present, uh, small group thing, and we first got there, and he just split us off, or he didn't split us off, but he's like, go find someone, and... Meet them, like have a conversation, and so we did. And uh, I met this girl, and like we talked about our school and stuff and our majors, the typical college conversations that we have. And uh, then we got back, and he's like, "Okay, well, like, what what did you ask?" Like, and like we said, like, "Oh, like our majors, where we're from, yada yada yada." And this one guy shout out was like, uh, What's your purpose? And I was like, someone asks that like the first time they're meeting someone.
13: <laughs>
12: and uh, but then it kind of got on to like the whole the whole thing of being present. Like, what do we ask people? Like that's those seven questions that Kayla talked about they do hit in and they do like go deeper instead of just saying hi, where are you from, and then wait a couple seconds. And then, have another question. It's so much more meaningful. That's what I got out of it
14: yeah salt so was salt so was so good this year, and um, God just far exceeded what I was going there and expecting and uh and I was excited for it and had been planning for it and saving for it, but uh I was probably I don't know how to explain it. I was I was starting to just get kind of tired by the end of last semester and I noticed myself like drawing back from people, kind of no drive to love people, no drive to like really pursue after even my friends, like and I felt bad. I felt like even in my friends and even like leaders in Kai Alpha, I was just kind of getting like just so tired that I didn't even want to talk to them or I don't I don't I can't explain it but it was just like I I wasn't living full of the grace and the spirit of God to to just I don't know make me all excited to go do that kind of stuff which we should have and when you do have it you're like whoa this is cool Jesus you are amazing and like holy spirit you're you're so awesome that you that you make this easy, and you make this fun, and that this is so good and life-fulfilling to live a spirit-filled life, I guess. And when, when we went to Salt, um, I knew that, and I guess I knew that the Lord knew that. And going there, like, God just met me at that place. And, man, I found, like, the first night, uh, the worship was great. And as we begin to start worshiping, I just realized that, like, whoa, like, all this stuff has fallen off of me. All the worries and the fears and the stuff I'm carrying and thinking about and don't know the answers to, like, the more we worship, the more just I didn't think about it. And, I, like, my posture began to change. Like, my shoulders began to rise and my head began to pick up. And, like, I just felt, like, free from something. And so that was, that was amazing. And, and in that, I just realized, again, the power of, like, praise and, and just being with Jesus and, like, telling him how awesome he is and how thankful I am and just to, like, praise him and exalt him and, and bless him. And when I put my, my focus on him, um, man, like, that joy came back. I found energy again. Like, we didn't get that much sleep at Salt, and, but, like, I feel good. And, uh, like, I, I, I found just, like, a compelling after worship, I found, like, a compelling in my heart to just want to go do what the speakers were talking about, and to want to go, like, disciple. That's been something on my heart for a while, and I just haven't known how to do it, and I've tried to attempt it in my own strength, but, like, I just would get bogged down, and then I would get, like, frustrated, and then I wasn't really being that fun to be around, so, of course, nobody wanted to be around me, and, like, you can't, you can't, like, you can't have a, a fruitful relationship with somebody and be able to, like, share things that God's teaching you and them share things God's teaching them without, like, God being there and filling you and giving you the joy and the, the heart and to do it. So, um, yeah, I just, I felt revived, and uh, everything the speakers spoke on just, like, really hit home to the questions and to the core of things that, that. I knew I was struggling with or that I just didn't, I wanted to fix, but I didn't know how. And man, the discipleship um, breakout session was amazing, helped me so much just get a fresh perspective of what, what Jesus meant discipleship to look like and what it's supposed to be and how it's, how it's to like, I don't know, how it's supposed to be like fruitful and good and like fulfilling to do it. And then, uh, the be present. Uh, I, I could go on. There's so many things that I was blessed by, but like seeing what God was doing in the people around me, that's the biggest thing is that like some people were on my heart to pray for before going there. And I I don't know when I, when we went there and I got to see what God was like doing in like the guys that were in our car, I was just like, Whoa, God, that's crazy. Like you care so much about us. And like, Cause I know we we know each other. We know each other's situations, and like just hearing like Xander's testimony of like where he was at and what he was going through before going to Salt, but then what what God did in his life there, and then like just seeing the fruit of like what's happening, and in, in my brother Dakota and Chasen and me, and how we all were just like encouraging each other, praying for one another. We're all excited to worship God. We're all raising our hands, and like we're not scared what people think. And uh, yeah, it was just good. So. I, I was really blessed. but
13: Man, first thing I want to say is God is good. God is, is amazing. This conference, oh man, there's so much to say on this conference. It's, it's life-changing. I mean, before I went to this conference, before I even knew I was going, anything was happening, like so much of my life was filled with darkness. There were so many things that were happening to me, and and I started praying, you know, I started praying because, you know, I went to Calpha and I was doing all the things that I knew I could do, things that I knew what to do. And nothing was really going on, you know. I was praying and praying and I was praying, God, just take these people out of my life, you know. Just I want to be alone, just pushing everybody out of my life. And it came onto my heart and I realized I'm, I'm praying for something so selfish. I'm, it's as if I'm limiting God on what I want him to do and that's not the case, you know. It's, I got to trust in him, let him do what he needs to do for me. So it came onto my heart and I started praying, you know, just take the things that of darkness in my life out of my life and put people in my life that I need. And I wish Robert was here right now, but unfortunately he's at work. God had sent him into my life. One night, honestly, if Robert wasn't there, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be breathing today. My life was filled with so much darkness and just Robert just showed up one day. And through God and through him, I'm alive today. And then... I found out that I got a sponsorship to this conference. So I kept praying and praying and everything that I prayed for, everything that, that was spoken at this conference, all the, the the word that was spread, every single word had hit my life. And God just had lifted everything off of me. There was no more darkness in my life, there was no more pain, no more suffering. And everyone was just praying and you know we were talking and it is it's crazy. People talk about stuff like this all the time, they say, you know, this, this and that. But until you actually experience, until you feel the presence of God, like the Spirit, it totally transforms your life. You are not the same person anymore. There's no reason to be sad, no reason to be angry for nothing. I mean, there comes a point, it's like an epiphany. God just enters and it it changes your entire life. And man, when I got home, like, God transformed me. Everything that I prayed for, every darkness, every bad thing that was happening was no longer there. It was gone. I'm now at peace. I, I learned how to forgive. I mean... I I can feel it. I'm on fire, you know. It's not, I have found my purpose. I know what I'm doing now. And and just, I I learned to let God do that. It's not just me anymore. I tried it. I tried to do it on my own. Can't. Nobody can. You gotta have God with you. I mean, you can only go halfway, but without God, you ain't going really anywhere, you know. (laughs) So this whole conference, man, it's, if you guys are going through anything, anything, just, let God into your life. And, and this conference helps with that. It clarifies your mind. It makes you think a different way. It makes you understand a way that you couldn't do on your own. And when you go to this conference, God enters your life and just, just changes everything. I mean, it's insane. The amount of happiness, the purity that you have, the, the, the love in your heart. You have no problems anymore knowing that God is standing right here. No one can come at me. No one can take anything away from me. No one can hurt me. I mean, God's right here. Who can touch me? And you, you learn all that. You feel that. It's just, it's amazing. And I want to thank everybody that helped me along this path, the, the sponsorship that I had, and everyone that came into my life to, to change it. And I thank God for doing that. Because without him, I wouldn't be here today.
0: I just absolutely love hearing what God did, um, at SALT, at these conferences, to these students, because, uh, I mean, I've been to six, six or seven, I don't know, a lot of SALT, and uh, every single one of them, every single one of them, I've come back with a completely different piece of the puzzle, so to say. So it's, it's not like, every time you go to SALT, it's not like you come back with, the same thing occurred to you, or the same thing happened. It's like, every time you come back, God shows you something different, it seems like. And this time, it was it was a little bit different for me, because it's the first time I've really been involved in the administrative part of, of SALT, and having to go to the behind-the-scenes meetings, and seeing how the things are organized, and having responsibility, and having to close out every session through prayer, and stuff like that. And so... Uh, God was just kind of working in me in a little different ways because I was kind of watching these students from a little bit more of a distance. Instead of being right in there and knowing every single solitary thing that's going on the entire trip, I just kind of get to see from a distance how their entire personas changed. They all went in going, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning when it's... And it was, it was not even that cold out. It was like 32 degrees. I was wearing shorts. There was no wind. It was fine. We live in Nebraska, Okay. And so we're standing there, and uh, I'm getting ready to pray before we leave. And it just seemed like everybody, and I don't mean this as disrespect to everybody, but I, if everybody was just complaining. And I was just like, guys, we're getting ready to pray before we go to Saul. I didn't say that, but I was like, but everybody just kind of was in a grumpy mood. Just, you know, I don't want to be here. It's cold. I didn't get any sleep, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then by the time we got ready to leave, everybody was jacked for the car ride home. And I was just like... You could just see that everybody was a completely different person just after a matter of a few days. And I've always attributed it to the fact that normally when you spend time with God, you might give him 15 minutes in the morning. You you might give him five minutes before you go to bed. You might give him till you fall asleep at night. You give him these teeny tiny little blocks of your life. But when you go to salt, you have like 50-some-odd hours straight, and like you said, you don't get a whole lot of sleep. So you're talking about God. You're spending time with God. You're praising God. You're learning different ways to worship God for 50-plus hours. Well, if you divide that up by your normal 15-minute increments, you know, it packs a year worth of the normal time that we spend with God into one weekend time-wise. And I've always attributed its salt to that, is that you get up and you go, and you just spend more time than you've ever spent with God, and it just happens to be packed into one weekend. And it doesn't supplement for the rest of the year. It doesn't give you permission to not spend any time with God the rest of the year, but it just puts you on the right foot right after the year begins. You know, the new year started, the semester's getting ready to start, the year's halfway over, and you come back with this new understanding and a new memory and a new feeling, uh, a new uh, respect for what God is and what God is in our lives. So this year it was really cool to get to watch from a distance to see how, how the transformation process happened throughout each of the nights. <clears throat> I don't have a sermon written, so I'm just kind of throwing it off, off cuff. But uh, All right, the scripture I have is, Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And the one thing I got the most out of this, salt, and, and the, just kind of really stuck with me, was when one of the speakers, I think is was uh, James Patterson. Is that was his name? James Patterson, the morning speaker's. Uh, He said, if you want to love like Jesus, pray like Jesus. If you want to serve like Jesus, pray like Jesus. If you want to look like Jesus, pray like Jesus. And it kind of convicted me a little bit because I've really been, my the amount of time I spend praying with Jesus has kind of been diminishing. And I've just kind of realized, you know, how can I ever expect to take on the world? How, how can, am I ever going to expect to be a counselor, to be a preacher, to be a pastor, to be all of the different duties that uh, is called upon me as a pastor of Chi Alpha? How am I going to be able to do all of that if I'm not taking the time to pray? And then the first thing that came to my mind was, well, I don't have time to pray. And then the first thing that occurred to me was, well, you don't have time to pray. All right, show me your Netflix account. Show me your Facebook account. Show me your Twitter account. Show me your phone in general. You don't have enough time to pray. Let's, let's see this. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to leave my phone in my pocket. That's, nope, we're not going there. And if I could see anything about this whole weekend and, and the ways in which our lives change is we've got to stop coming up with the same excuses to be comfortable. I've been preaching about comfort. And getting uncomfortable, getting out of your comfort zone, all this stuff. This, this piece of scripture that I just read, anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. My flesh has to die in order for me to serve Christ. My flesh includes things like Netflix. It includes things like my phone. It includes things like YouTube, Facebook, whatever it may be. That is my flesh. That is my life. Or or that should not be my life. But it, it, almost speaking, that almost becomes your life. How long do you spend on Netflix or on Facebook in a given day? Let me throw out a time hour. So if you spend an hour on Facebook every single day, after 365 days, you've had spent 365 hours on Facebook. Given 10 years then, you then spent 3,000 some odd hours on Facebook. I can't remember exactly the number, but I believe it was something to the effect of once you've spent 2,000 hours doing something, you become an expert at it. If you're spending that much time on Facebook, it's sad to say you're an expert at Facebook. But how many of us in here, and this I'm speaking to myself, how many of us in here can say we're an expert at praying? How many of us have spent 5,000 hours praying, 10,000 hours praying? That is the one thing that was Jesus. The amount of time that he spent praying. If we took ours and compared it next to it, it would be like a prairie standing next to the Empire State Building. Our prayer life doesn't compare to Jesus's. And so if there was anything that I that I know that I need to change in my life, it is my prayer life needs to begin looking more like Jesus's. I need to begin starting at the very, very basic of our walk. I would say, if you were to say, or if if someone were to ask me, what is the basic thing I need to know as a Christian? I would say, you need to know how to pray, and you need to know how to read your Bible. If you don't know how to pray, come and talk to me or my, my wife or me. If you don't know how to read your Bible, come and talk to my wife or me. It is the basic building block. And so because it's such a basic thing, I think we overlook it. We get caught up in how church should look, how Chi Alpha should look, how youth group should look, how uh, small groups should look. We start getting caught up in the, the building blocks of what we consider the bigger part of our faith, the more important stuff. And in the meantime, all we're doing is sacrificing and taking for granted the building blocks of what our faith should look like. If you're not spending time with God, the building isn't going to stand in which your religion is built on. If your building block isn't isn't built with praying and reading the Bible and spending time with God, it doesn't matter how immaculate and how beautiful of a religious building you build, it will not stand. And so every single day is a new battle. It's not something where we can go, hey, I prayed at salt all week. I spent 50 plus hours. I'm going to go to class today, I'm not even going to worry about it, I'm going to wake up, I'm not going to pray. It doesn't work that way. Your classes are going to be miserable literally the day after you get back from salt. Every single solitary day, you're building the foundation of your faith. And so every single solitary day, you need to build the foundation of your day in prayer and spending time with God and reading scripture. So if you're waking up in the morning and you're pushing everything back until literally the last second before you go to class and you go to class and you do your studying you go to work you do all these things and then at the very last thing you do is spend a couple minutes with God I really feel like all you've done is created unintentionally a life that is an idol in and of itself above God if i'm more if, if i if i desire to put my life before i put God Is my own life an idol for me? And I know for me, I can say it with certainty. There's many, many, many days in which I have put my own life as an idol above God. And like this scripture I just read was, we have to die to our life. And so, one of the things I need to die to is sleep. I need to wake up. I need me to be intentional. I need to to wake up and be intentional and pray and start my day off right because for some reason, when you start your day off right in prayer and spending time with God and reading Scripture, it seems like little things start to align themselves throughout your day. Those little things then in turn begin to build your faith even more. Those little things, those little encounters, those those moments in which you have a conversation with somebody that uh, you had no idea anything about them, And yet it happened, the conversation led to God and all that kind of stuff builds your faith too. But it seems like when you start your day off on the wrong foot and you start your day off sleeping in, setting your alarm, sleeping in until literally the very last second, you wake up, you throw a Pop-Tart in your pocket and you run to class because you're already five minutes late, those encounters start passing you by because you're so busy because you've procrastinated to the point where everything in your life is passing you, is just going quick. You're just looking for the next thing on your list that you need to complete. You're no longer looking for the things in your life, the things that God's putting in your path. You're just so busy going from one thing to the next in your life that you're not taking the time and slowing down and saying, hey God, what is it that you would like for me to do today? Instead of going to him and saying, I've got this list of things, I've got track, I've got Football, I've got, you know, wrestling, I've got uh, my class, I've got this job, I've got this to do, I've got all this stuff to do, and once I get done with that, then I'll give you some time, God. That's the exact opposite of the way that we should be approaching it. We should be approaching it with, God, what would you like me to do today? I do have these duties in which I've committed to, and God, I, I feel like it's your will for me to do them, but what would you like me to do today? Lord is there something in my life that needs to be cut out today There's many many times in scripture in which it tells us to focus on and look at today not worry about tomorrow not worry about the next day focus on today today's troubles or today has troubles of its own I can't count how many times I've focused so much on the future that I've completely neglected today. I mean, over break, especially I neglected so many, I had so many wasteful days over break because I just didn't focus on the things I should have been focusing on because I didn't wake up with the intention to serve God for that day. I mean, I can remember when I first went to salt. Yeah, the time I was, I'm pretty sure I was going to be a, a P.E. teacher. And my radical encounter with God was so powerful that my career had to change. Because I, after that, after, after giving my life to Christ and after everything that happened in my life, I realized I could no longer live my life and and just go nine to five and, and just just do the bare minimum. And so... I had this debate with myself of whether or not I could be a teacher and serve God the way that God wanted me to serve him. And I'm not saying that you can't be a ter- teacher and serve God the way that God wants you to serve him. But for me, that wasn't the answer. I knew there was something else on my life, something that was pushing me to do something else. And so I tried changing my major again because I was under the understanding that in order to be a pastor, you had to go to seminary school and do four years of seminary school in order to be a pastor. And so I changed my major to psychology because I wanted to help people. And that was kind of a, a bridge between what I felt like God was pushing me towards and the life that I had dreamt of. And so I, I, there for two years, I think I had my major was psychology because I wanted to be a counselor. Eventually, I just came to the conclusion that the way that God wanted me to serve my life didn't look anything like the way that I wanted my life to look. Instead of having a, a cushy job, I was going to be a missionary instead of being a teacher or a psychologist or a doctor or whatever my major was for that year. God wanted me to be a pastor. And so when I decided to change my major and pursue God, what God had for my life, everything started to make sense. I was so confused changing my, like I said, I changed my major six times. I was so confused. And when I dropped the things that I had decided for my life, the things that I decided I wanted in my life, and was just willing to do what God wanted me to do and pursue what He wanted me to pursue, everything in life began making sense. I was no longer confused and frustrated about what I wanted to do with my life. I mean, it's not that there wasn't ever unanswered questions, because I mean, even when we got ready to actually start being pastors, uh, we the Old directors were here. Sean and Jody Bonzoff were still here. And we knew without a doubt that we were supposed to be Chi Alpha directors. But God wouldn't show us where. And we were getting really confused because we felt like God wanted us to be Chi Alpha directors, but we didn't have a location. And so we decided we were going to start going out on our own. And we began applying and and, um, doing the process in which we were going to eventually go to Scott's Bluff. It didn't feel right, but we were going to do it because we knew we were supposed to be Chi Alpha directors. Rather than waiting on what God wanted us to do, we were just running with half, of the, piece of the, uh, half the picture. And then about halfway through the school year that year, uh, the old directors called us up and said, Hey, we're leaving, shattering, we're going somewhere else, um, and we think you should take over. And right then, God gave us the other half of the picture, and then all of a sudden, like I said, everything made sense. But at the time, like I said, I was still so frustrated and still so worried because I was pushing ourselves out there. I was taking half the picture and trying to run with it. So if I, if I say anything today, like I said, I didn't write a sermon, so I apologize, but if I say anything today, it's to urge you To recognize how important it is to start every single solitary day. Don't skip a day. Start every single solitary day spending time with God. If you don't feel like you can do it in the mornings, do it in the mornings anyway. If you don't feel like you can wake up early, wake up early anyway. I don't think God's going to curse you because you decided you were going to get a half hour less sleep. I don't don't think God's going to let you be miserable with your life because you decided to wake up a half hour earlier to pray. I don't think God's going to cast you out of your life because you decided sleep wasn't quite as important as prayer. And so if you guys can learn anything from both of you guys that went to salt and those of you guys that didn't are just kind of getting to see the fire that built in them. There's two things. First thing is, I'm going to start promoting a thing called World Mission Summit, okay? And this is just just a year in advance. It's called World Mission Summit. It's in Houston this next go around. Instead of SALT, it's World Mission Summit. They take a break. And so World Mission Summit happens once every four years. So what SALT is to our region, World Mission Summit is to literally the world, hence World Mission Summit. It's a gathering in Texas, and there's like, I don't know, like 40,000 students that show up. It is phenomenal. Um, And that is next year, and the reason I'm going to begin promoting it early is because it costs a bit more than salt. But I want to challenge you guys, because I I think we can get 60% or more of you guys to go down to that. And So that's the first thing. That's the least important thing. The most important thing that I would say is if, if you're looking out from the outside and you're seeing these salt people and you're jealous because of the things they got to experience and maybe you didn't get a go or maybe last minute you decided not to go and now you wish you had. Or if you're people who attended salt and you're coming back and you're stuck in the world and all of a sudden that conf- the, the um, conference high is starting to, to become a little more obvious that there's going to be some drop-off from it. I'm going to challenge you guys, no matter which category you fit in, To stop taking your days and your life and everything in between. Stop taking everything in your life for granted. I mean, if you knew that tomorrow you were going to die, would you spend four hours on Netflix? Now, better yet, if you knew tomorrow that somebody you loved was going to die, would you spend four hours on Netflix? If the person closest to you right now, if think of the person that's closest to you, if they were going to die tomorrow, would you waste your day today on Facebook? Or would you spend it doing the important things? Would you pray for them? Would you pray with them? What if you knew that the person closest to you didn't know Christ and you knew that tomorrow was the end? Would you spend four hours on Netflix? Would you spend four hours on Facebook? Would you spend an hour sleeping in in the morning? Would you wake up and pray and pray for them and talk to them and pray with them? See, sometimes when we try to put life into perspective, we can come to the conclusion that a lot of the things that we feel is important in life really isn't that important. Sometimes we come to the conclusion that there's a lot of things in our life that we need to cut out. And I'm not saying that, you know, Doing some things that are fun, you know, I'm not saying a little bit of Facebook, a little bit of Netflix, you know, I'm not saying a little bit isn't isn't bad, but I'm saying when it's occupying the vast majority of your time and you're not spending any time with God, then it is an idol in your life. And that can apply for many different things that can apply with even your job. You know, if, if your job has gotten to the point where it is more important than God then it has become an idol in your life. It doesn't just have to be things that are entertainment value. It could be things that are important. You know, having a job is important. Um, Working is important. But when you prioritize that above God, it has become an idol in your life. And so tonight, we're going to worship together one more time before we leave and i want you to do i want you to do me a favor while we're worshiping i want you to worship like it was the very last time you would get a chance to worship god worship like jesus is standing right in front of you and you knew it was going to be the very last opportunity you you had jesus was standing right in front of you and you knew it would be the very last opportunity you would get to worship Jesus and I want you to begin applying these basics I want you to begin applying this to your life when you wake up in the morning have a little bit of urgency in your life as if you don't know when the end is going to come when you worship worship as if you don't know when the end is going to come When you go to church, go to church as if you don't know when the end is going to come and it could come tomorrow. Because I feel like if we start taking our life intentionally and start putting God in our life intentionally, that our entire lives would be radically different. My entire life would be radically different if I managed to cut every single solitary idol that I had out of my life. And I'm talking about even the really small ones. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to go to salt, the opportunity to to experience a little piece of you. And Lord, that we could take that fire and bring it back to this campus. Man, worship tonight was amazing. And so Lord, I just pray that that fire wouldn't be something that gradually goes out but lord that the, that this fire that is instilled in us that it would be passed on that it would consume chi alpha as a whole and it would consume this campus as a whole i thank you that you're a god that took the time to give us a manual you took thousands of years to write something called the bible so that even in those tough days when we don't feel like we can hear you we can literally open up your word and hear from you lord i thank you that you're gracious god that even we don't have it all right when we don't have everything in order that lord you still meet us and you still listen to us and you still guide us lord i thank you and it is for your glory that we do this amen